Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Thank you, Gary. That's our announcer, Mr. Gary Owen. And a quick note to Gary and a shout out to him before we begin. He is the manager, coach, and just all-around champion behind the little girl who is kicking some big butt on America's Got Talent this year, Ms. Darcy Lynn. Those of you that know the ventriloquism beginnings of this show will understand why it is so special to see her just absolutely killing it. Her audition, I doubt that you haven't seen it because even if you're not into ventriloquism, Darcy just went absolutely viral with her audition and now a month and a half later she was on the live shows this week absolutely killed it earned a standing ovation from the judges it was incredible to see and we're just so proud of her here uh like i said those of you that know our roots know that we're keeping a close eye she killed it at vent haven this year so i hear we didn't get to go but uh, we're very proud of her we're very proud of our of our Gary Owen because uh, we hear his voice at the top of every show and it makes me think about uh, all his progress that he has been helping Darcy make. So thank you, Gary, for championing one of the young, uh, young ventriloquists. But today's interview has nothing to do with ventriloquism and has everything to do with one of the biggest movies of the summer, one of the most anticipated movies of the summer. Though before we get to it, I got to thank our season sponsors, as usual, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Find fantastic podcasts at tangentboundnetwork.com, and all your entertainment needs are at axtel.com. I think Darcy has one of those puppets, but that's besides the point. Okay, Dominic Bogart sat down with me to discuss The Glass Castle. Now, Bogart is an actor with an impressive resume that is just gaining steam every single day. He was in last year's The Birth of a Nation. He was also in 400 Days, The Pandemic, a lot of cool stuff. And you can also, you also probably saw him on television in Fear the Walking Dead. Bogart plays Robbie in The Glass Castle, and we discuss how he landed a role in what I said at the top is one of the summer's most anticipated films. And he talks about working with the star-studded cast, which includes Woody Harrelson, one of my favorite, favorite actors. The Glass Castle was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, Bogart's friend and frequent collaborator. Aside from acting, I think this is really cool. Dominic Bogart is also a musician, and his band Canines can be found at a website that we've linked in the show description. And he talks about this project with Canines that I can't really wrap my head around. It was in the press release when his publicist sent stuff over for the interview. Uh, I'll I'll let him explain that in his words. But here now to Mm. talk about working on The Glass Castle, our interview with Dominic Bogart. Dominic Bogart, welcome to Talk for Two. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I am so good. It is a beautiful summer day here in New York. You you called from a you called from a New York number two. Are you you an East Coast uh, East Coast guy? I used to be. I used to be. I'm um I'm from Ohio, and when I got out of school, I I went first to New York and uh, pursued the uh, acting career out there. And I spent about five years doing um, a couple of tours as well as uh, a lot of regional theater and doing theater in the Big Apple. That's wonderful. What uh, did you do off-Broadway, Broadway? What? Uh, how did you get your foot in the door in the New York theater scene? That is such a tough thing, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. I think it started uh, way back uh, when we were plant when I was planting seeds for my uh, the creativity in a way. I was I I followed my two older brothers to the University of Cincinnati uh, College Conservatory of Music to study theater. Mm-hmm. So because um, they were older, they were able to sort of you know shine the light on on the business and the world of um, uh, of acting and. Uh, the pursuit of acting jobs, and so yeah, I got the through that. I got a BFA in uh, dramatic performance, and we did a showcase in New York, which is a really important thing for actors is to get in front of, uh, get, you know, showcase your talent to the people that are the gatekeepers to those uh, dream jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it went all right. I got a, I got an agent. Um, that's the that's the most important thing is to get some uh, representation, and uh, that helped me get my foot in the door. And then work begets work. If you do good work, um, people will hire you back. And so I I've worked at a couple of different theaters uh, um, over and over, and for a few directors uh, that just keep bringing me in for uh, their projects. And that's that's the main thing that happens in. Uh, Los Angeles as well in the film and television communities that uh, people just they dig your work they want to help you out and uh, and bring you back mm-hmm. so uh, that's how I kind of got my foot in the door just sort of took the the regular uh, traditional channels at first mm-hmm. it, I want to focus on something you said I normally don't like to dig in in the history of this much but you you said it was a BFA in dramatic performance. I've never heard it. I've never heard a theater degree put like that. What what made it different than a traditional theater degree? I'm really curious because I just graduated <laughs> college, so that's really unique. Sounds unique, at least. Yeah, you know, I think it's just a pretentious way to say that I studied acting <laughs> in uh, college, and I, and I I remember just not being totally comfortable with it right right off the bat. Like, what is, what is it? I mean, you know. It's already embarrassing enough sometimes to say that you're uh, an actor when you're when you're out there, but it's uh, but it, it's just um, and it's funny too because it's not like we weren't you know tapping into our comedic skills. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I think it's a differentiation from uh, theater. Most theater is musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the jobs I think uh, the paying jobs and the high profile jobs come out of the musical theater and. Um, for myself, I I think that answers your question. But for myself, I I uh, got more work because I was a singer mm-hmm. um, in the uh, in the musical theater world at first. Yeah, you're a singer. You have your own band. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? And how do you balance having a band versus these acting jobs? And and what pays the bill more, your acting career or or the music? Uh, the acting career pays a bit more for me. Um, I I work uh, with different musicians and composers um, in, a, in a sort of scattered kind of way. I got a good friend that composes for TV and film, and when I do vocal tracks for him, um, when he needs a male vocalist on, on uh, his, you know within his scores and such, and then we uh, we uh, we'll write we'll write music um, and songs for. Different films that uh, I'm involved in. Um, as far as uh, sort of uh, customizing your time between a music career and a, an acting career, I I don't 
choose the music career. I uh, I have a couple of different projects that are coming up that are going to require me to do that singer-songwriter thing within the context of the, of the story of this, uh, of, of these films, um, which is what brought together this band uh, a few years back called Canines. Mm-hmm. Um, and this we released an album, an EP, um, that sort of coincided with the story from this film called I Am Not a Hipster. It came out in uh, uh, 2012 at the Sunday Film Festival. Um, we premiered. But it was, uh, it was one of those sort of perfect scenarios for an actor who sings um, mm-hmm. rock music because and plays guitar. Because the story was centered around a character who uh, rocks on guitar and rocks vocals. So it was... Um, Kind of a perfect situation because we it was a festival uh, style of a film. We ended up playing the circuit for that whole year, and uh, we were invited to most of the festivals uh, to as an amenity, um, a musical amenity for mm-hmm. the uh, festivity, and that was uh, that was great. And then we just eventually started playing uh, separate gigs, and uh, and, we, and that band was together for quite a while but um but right now i just focus on my acting career and when music comes up it comes up usually it's uh, there's plenty of opportunities to to um sort of blend music and film and uh yeah i'm uh, excited about the next couple ones that are going to come up yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. You mentioned Sundance, and before we get to the Glass Castle, I want to talk about the Birth of a Nation. Such an interesting film to be a part of. The did the did the idea of the controversy behind the film and and uh, the controversy that kind of followed its marketing was that on your mind while you guys were working on it, or was it just a really cool project to be a part of? Um. Well, I thought it was a great project to be a part of when I when I knew that he was uh, that the story was about Matt Turner. Mm-hmm. I, just through my own sort of reading uh, of American history, I came upon the Matt Turner story in the, the 1831 rebellion, slave rebellion, which was the biggest rebellion and um, in American history of uh, slavery, and I. I think this character is controversial. This person was because if you if you look at it, and you, you want to say, well, what what uh, is too much violence, and how do you fight back when you have no means to do so? And that's uh, that was the story of Matt Turner. He was um, it, it made it it made it uh, exciting to be able to tell a story that hadn't been told before. It was a part of a history that had usually been for African Americans just. Uh, you know, non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't know where they're from. Uh, you know, what parts of Africa they came from. They came from Af- Africa, and uh, you know, it's uh, it can be fun to go and sit down and you know, trace out your genealogy um, hundreds of years back. But uh, this is a, a race of people who have a really difficult time doing that because of slavery, yeah. and. Uh, I, I was, uh, the controversy, you know, I don't think it had its wide berth right. that it should have, mm-hmm. because it, the movie wasn't seen by as many people as it should have been seen by, but, uh, you know, it's out there, so it can still be, it 
can't still be a conversation. Yeah. There can't still be, you know, an exploration for us all to go and take on that uh, that issue, that story that uh, had gone on. And um, it's still, you know, it's still there are still remnants of, you know, the systemic issues, you know, from slavery and it's a uh, and you know, going back to this birth right there, yeah, uh, within that story is a you know creates a great framework for that conversation. No, absolutely. Did you learn anything about that period of history doing the film? Something that that maybe you had a mis you know a preconceived notion about that your your thoughts on it were changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you learn from that experience? Uh, I'm always eager to ask people that are a part of biographical stories what they walked away with from the project sure i I play a uh sort of plantation um owner slash uh, you know hank fowler is a part of this family of um, plantation owners who in this really brutal um plantation brutal practices and uh you know, keeping his, uh, our slaves in line, mm-hmm. yeah, treating them like livestock, you know, inhumane treatment. That's obviously something that I'm not, um, uh, you know, versed in. And so it's, it's uh, always fun um, to go and explore characters and uh, taking on what what it is, you know, their sort of daily lives, what it is they, they, uh, they do. You know, when it's business and they are... Uh, you know, they're hurting human beings as part of their daily chores. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that I've never explored before. So it was, you know, there were a lot of things that came that were enlightening. Like if I, I, I was of course shaken by the brutality and the violence that we uh, that we um, inflicted upon these uh, these people within the story. You know, within that, you know, in scenes and shooting and stuff. So it was, in in order to get through that, yeah, I couldn't be Dominic. I had to be this other person, and and um, and so a lot of things started, you know, coming into my head, uh, you know, about well, these are just animals that I'm dealing with. Yeah. And, and so I don't think before uh, working on the piece, I would have had that kind of. Um, experience with it or that I would have thought, you know, mm-hmm. of treating these people that way. I think it's, uh, you know, so it tended to be a, you know, I, I'd never been in that position. So I had a, I, I learned a lot from that. And then also doing the research to learn what, what, what kind of business it was that was being taken away. If you were going to abolish slavery, how was it going to affect the, uh, the southern states and the uh, business of the southern states and how these people had a pride in their way of life just like anybody else does mm-hmm. and how they felt it was being their culture was being threatened yeah. by um, abolition right and of course the glass castle which comes out in august if i'm not mistaken uh brie larson and woody harrelson two of my favorite, favorite actors. I'm assuming, of course, that's obviously a marked shift from the birth of a nation, and you're working with, you know, some pretty big people there, too. Um, How did you come to that project, and uh, what excites you most about, what are you hoping people take away when they see the, uh, take away from seeing The Glass Castle? Uh, Well, it's, um, I I came uh, into the, 
the project because I had worked with a director, he's a good friend of mine, Dustin Daniel Cretton. Mm-hmm. Uh, several, well, when I first moved to Los Angeles back in 05, I did his senior grad thesis and and we've remained friends and uh, worked on different projects and supported each other's work for uh, for all these years. And, and he um, said he thought that uh, I might be a good fit for this character, the supporting role. Um, and uh, it was great. We, he's got a family he continues to work with, including Joel P. West as a composer and um, and uh, also Brett Pollock, the director of photography. We've worked on several films, and I've worked on uh, a couple of uh, projects with, with those guys as well. So it's that uh, he had done uh, Short Term 12 with Brie Larson. It, we had this vernacular on, on set that uh, enables us to sort of move quickly and freely and and be comfortable with each other. And Is it? Was, uh, is it is it easier or harder to work with people that you are friends with that you've collaborated with before? Because I can see it going both ways. Y'all know each other, and and the days are long and stressful, so you don't want to piss each other off because you're all friends. <laughs> you know, I, I'm curious if it's easier or if it's easier to work with people that are you don't know personally because you can go into the work environment and then go back to your separate corners at night. Is it benefits drawbacks to both, or is there one over the other that you like doing? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, for me personally, it's uh, I, I like working with people that know what it is that I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it makes me comfortable, and a lot a lot of times, you know, you bring a frenetic, like an almost anxious energy to the uh, to the piece because you know you're capturing life. Yeah, and if it's compelling, it's usually you know the stakes are high, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't want to like mince that anxiety, which is something that is useful that energy, mm-hmm. um, with you know anxiety of does this guy really know what I'm doing? Is he is he picking up what I'm laying down? Is he does he understand that I'm this right. director this that I don't know very well? Does he understand that like? How you're working, you know, playing yeah. seeds of a performance as opposed and the payoff is going to be later, or, or that this will make sense what I'm doing right now, you know, in a in a later scene. If I don't know that they know what I'm doing mm-hmm. or how I work, it creates another sort of sense of, uh, you know, uh, self awareness yeah. that's maybe not uh, uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. It may may not be helpful for. Uh, the, uh, the work on the day, and so I like working with people that that are that have an intimacy with my uh, with my work. Oh, that makes sense. And my last question for you before we let you go: What is your advice to up and coming actors, uh, and what would you say to those that want to be in the position where you are? I uh, just know that you know it's a, it's all about persistence, and every little thing that you do is. Um, throughout, you know, the day mm-hmm. has to do with the uh, sort of the greater project of your career. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're, you know, hitting the gym or going for a run, when you are, um, you know, when you're trying to get into shape, the, into the shape that you want to be in um, mentally, physically, um, get your craft into shape, 
know that it's not like for it might it may not be for tomorrow mm-hmm. it may be for you know five years from now mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a long game situation i would i would say is to if you look at it like that but also know that you know success is when preparedness meets opportunity yeah. it's uh it's what it's one of those deals it's just it's a really hard business to be in you know it's a feast or famine for most mm-hmm. and uh and that's that's part of the gig is that it's a uh, can be really difficult to do things that you don't feel like doing all the time yeah and um but to just continue to hone your uh your skills and your toolbox and figure out what it is that you're good at and get great at it. Focus on that. That's a, that's what I usually say to young actors. Wonderful. Well, Dominic Bogart, thank you so much. This was wonderful. I can't wait for everybody to see The Glass Castle and go see Birth of a Nation too if you haven't yet. I know there are some small theaters that still run it and are running it in rep uh, or you can, I'm sure, you know, download it, get it on demand. Thank you so much, Dominic. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Dominic. I really, really, really appreciate your time. This was a really great interview, and we chatted a little bit after we stopped the recording, and I know there are big things ahead. Uh, I know what I like to do with this show is have in equal measure stars and and -and up-and-comers, and when people are in huge pictures like this, I always welcome them. And uh, everybody, if you get a chance to go see The Glass Castle, go see it. For those of you that don't know, The Glass Castle started as a memoir, several years ago, and then uh, they bought, Sony bought the film rights, and now it's just this wonderful, magnificent piece, and a, a testament to Destin as well, and and uh, I know Dominic is really, really great in it, so make sure you go see The Glass Castle. That's it for us today. My thanks again to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. We talked about them at the top of the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe in iTunes and visit the mothership talkfor2.com. And remember to talk about us on social media using hashtag talkfor2. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two. You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com. <laughs>